Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everyone, to Alzheimer Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, founder of Alzheimer Speaks Radio um, website and blog. My passion is to educate the world about Alzheimer's and memory loss, and this came to me through my mother's 30-year journey with memory loss. For those of you that are new to our show, I just want to give you a brief introduction to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. Our goal is to give voice to those afflicted with memory loss and empower them to live purpose-filled lives. We want to raise awareness, give hope, and share the real, everyday life stories of living with Alzheimer's disease. Our channel expert who actually lives with Alzheimer's, Rick Feltz, I'm not sure if he'll be able to make the show today or not, but if he does, I'll go ahead and pull him in. Rick is the founder of Memory People on Facebook, which is a great social support group for not only people with early onset, but caregivers and advocates as well. If you have any questions or comments, you can always use the chat box if you're listening by your um, computer, or you can call in to 714-364-4757 and push 1, and just uh, that'll get you into my uh, little query, and I'll be able to pull you into this show. Our guest today is Michelle Mason, and she is the founder of Soul Purpose Program, which is impacting the lives of so many in a very positive way. I I am just thrilled that she is with us today. Michelle will be the first to admit she's not doing what she's doing alone. Her vision is one of collaboration, and you'll be hearing not only from her but several other team members who volunteer their time and talent as well, um, not only to give service to those with memory loss, but their family caregivers as well. And we also will have a family member who will be able to speak on what it's like to receive that treatment as well. Together, they're going to explain to us um, how they nurture the hearts of residents and families as part of their mission to rid the world of dis-ease by creating one moment of relaxation, connection, and purpose at a time. Before we get started, I want to give you a little bit more background on Michelle. Michelle began her career at Montgomery Place Premier Retirement Community in Hyde Park in Chicago, Illinois, where she served for seven years. Michelle gives acknowledgement to Michael. um, I hope I pronounced his name right. Is it APA? Uh, the executive director who nurtured her desire to learn by creating an environment and opportunities that fostered learning about Alzheimer's, including the opportunity to participate in operational meetings with the contractors on the preliminary discussion to build a memory support unit um, and catered living. Michelle was recognized by the Healthcare Council of Illinois in their publication for developing and implementing a holistic program that encourages individuals diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease to relax, revive, and rejuvenate. She currently is a therapeutic program director at Westchester Health and Rehabilitation, which is part of the SABA Senior Care System, one of the largest providers of short-term and long-term health care services in the United States. Michelle has certifications through Life Surface Network and the Rush Disease Center. 
She is also a support group facilitator for the National Alzheimer's Association and provides in-services and training to her peers, family, and community. With the support of her family, who has admired her work and dedication and commitment to the residents while ensuring them quality of life, Michelle wrote and produced a documentary entitled Alzheimer's Full Circle, The Person, the Disease, and the Family. I am, like I said, so excited to have her with us today. Welcome, Michelle. How are you? I'm great this morning. How are you? I am I am like so excited to have you on the show. I have never gotten the type of response that I have gotten to any other show. Um the comments have been flying in. Um uh, people just love you to death and what you are doing and so I can't wait for you to share with the world exactly what what the heck you're up to. So, um if you wouldn't mind just uh telling us, you know, what is you know, what is your connection with Alzheimer's and memory loss? Why don't we start there? And um, then from then we'll, we'll run into the program itself. Well, my connection with Alzheimer's and memory loss um, goes back. I've actually been working in the field for cumulatively 15 years, but 10 years specifically with a focus on Alzheimer's and dementia. When I came into the long-term care setting, um, I first started working out at a different facility, and I envisioned it being a place that if my mother or family member or loved one was diagnosed, where they would receive quality care. Fortunate enough, I was able to walk into the doors of Montgomery Place in High Park, and um, I I just embraced it, the place um, and the care that the residents were receiving. The more and more that I began to learn about Alzheimer's disease and the diagnosis, I somehow paralleled it with my own life and challenges with physical conditions and understood that despite an individual having a diagnosis, innately as human beings, we still have that desire to be nurtured, to be loved, to be understood. And that was the whole process in beginning this Soul Purpose program. I knew that that was an effort that I couldn't do alone. It was important to educate other individuals on it and for them to even share in that understanding that despite the fact that individuals have been diagnosed with Alzheimer's or some sort of dementia, that um, they're still human. Wonderful. Well, I I just applaud you, and I, I can't wait to talk about this program. I am going to mention for any other team members who have called into the show, if uh, that is part of uh, Michelle's team, if you can push one, I will pull you on to the show um, because we've got several callers in here, and I can't disseminate who's who uh, by all the by all the codes here. But if you can if you can push one, then I'll know you are a team member, and we'll get you on here live, okay? Um, in the meantime, Michelle, can you go ahead and talk to us a little bit about the Soul Purpose Program? What is it? Okay, the Soul Purpose Program is actually a, a comprehensive, holistic program towards well-being. Now, what is that? Um, initially, it started off as a simple, a basic spot day. 
where we incorporated in for our residents an opportunity to receive manicures, to have facials done, and also to receive massages. Why did we pick um, those three components? was because we wanted to nurture the individual from the inside out. And we incorporated the massage therapy because it helped those individuals that needed um, just the sense of touch. We all love to be touched. Um, at the end of it, every participant was able to leave with a photograph. And what I found amazing about that is that they would see themselves, and they still felt human even outside of this diagnosis and made comments like, wow, you know, this is me, um, I look pretty, I look amazing. Initially, it started Hi. off I'm on another anywhere call. from about 10 to 15 residents, That's and within about a month's time, the program doubled, and it continues to double in people. So we had to expand the program based on the needs of the family members, based on the needs of the residents and the suggestions that they made. What we found within this program is that it gave the individuals an opportunity to relax, to be comfortable for the family members to be able to participate with them as well and to begin that conversation and to begin that understanding about the disease. So because it expanded, we added on additional things um, such as our uh, yoga therapy, which residents that were at different stages of dementia, maybe the lower stages of, of the dementia, um, they were very responsive to this. Individuals that normally would have their eyes closed were very stimulated, and you would be amazed that they understood meditation, that they understood Tai Chi. Um, also, we incorporated into that the the vision board that was offered by Ms. Uh, Janine Ingram and understanding that even though an individual is diagnosed, they still have vision, they still have desires. And so that's pretty much the, um, the gist of the program, and it continues to expand even beyond that. Okay, wonderful. It sounds like somebody's got a call going on. <laughs> if, we can, if we can get rid of that, that would be wonderful. Um, not quite sure what's going on there. You have reached Carrie Offner in the Social Services Department. I'm sorry, I'm not available to take your call. Please leave your name, huh. number, and a brief message after the tone. And I don't your know what you're going to call. Thanks so much, and have a great day. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's got to go in there. Okay. Okay, wonderful. Well, we just that's the first time we've called somebody on the phone, but that won't be probably the last either. <laughs> okay. Well, why don't we do this? Why don't we go ahead and um, pull somebody onto the line um, and let them share a little bit about what it is they do um, with you in the program. And um, we can kind of go from there. How does that sound, Michelle? That sounds great. Actually, I would like to call in um, Mr. Lake LaShawn Harris, who came okay. into the Soul Purpose Program and joined us as a hairstylist. Okay. Well, let me, I put a bunch of people on mute because we were getting a little feedback, but you should be with us now. Are you there, LaCoshan? Yes, I'm here. Hi, how are Wonderful. you? Wonderful. Good, good. Thank you for joining us today. Good. And I'm, I'm exactly, so glad that you gave me the opportunity to be on. Wonderful. What exactly um, 
brought you or drew you into working with Michelle? Well, actually, what what had already well, Michelle is just uh, a positive person anyway, and I'm drawn to uh, positivity and um, the energy that she delivers when she is involved in some things or the things that she's doing. But what really drew me in, um, what piqued my interest of uh, Alzheimer's and the residents that had dementia was my father had um, Alzheimer's and dementia at the same time, and we recently um, lost him. But in the process of the entire um, situation with the Alzheimer's and dementia, I learned that my father still wanted to be respected as an individual. And what people tend to um, just overlook or not really pay attention to is that same love that you gave them when they had full range of thought and motion, that they still want that same respect and love. And I found that going to Westchester, it's one of the facilities that I've worked in, being a celebrity hairstylist, it didn't mean anything to me as far as being a celebrity hairstylist, more so than just showing them the love and attention that they deserve as an individual. I love that. I love that. Because their, their egos are out of the way and they, they don't care about any of that stuff. It's really about being right. in the moment. Um, I just I, I think it's so exciting that Michelle has been able to pull in this huge, um, big-name team. Your recording to, is too long. To replay your recording, press 1. Okay. To erase and re-record, press 2. <laughs> For delivery options, press 3. To send this message now, press number sign. Well, I think I'm going to push number sign. I don't know who did it, but um, we're we're leaving somebody a message on their recordings. They're <laughs> 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 so hearing part of our show. L- Lori, can <laughs> I say something that's so amazing about uh, Mr. Harris? Um, it, it was it was funny in one particular day um, that he didn't show up for the spa day, and even though the individuals with dementia could not remember other things, they remembered his name. He stood out. So in one day in coming, he gave his, his, his introduction, and he was just telling them a little bit about their background because he does, you know, do hair for, like, Hermine Hartman of Indigo Magazine. But what he said to me was his reception from the residents that we have gave him more in heart than anybody's hair that he has ever styled. So this particular day, he wasn't there, and he called me, and he said, Michelle, he said, I received a phone call from one of the residents, and I said, what? <laughs> he, said, he said, yes, they called me and said, you didn't come up, you didn't come in today, and you messed up the whole day because we didn't get to get our hair done. <laughs> now, I found that oh, so, I so amazing and profound that they remembered and they thought enough to even obtain his phone number to call him to let him know that he made that much of a difference that when he didn't come in that day, it disrupted the whole milieu. And that's all I heard the entire day was, well, how come he didn't come in today to do our hair? And, and, and now I don't look right without my hair done. I had to just find a quick fix for that. I was doing hair that day because he wasn't there. <laughs> oh, I love it. But, you know, we all like getting our hair done. <clears throat> we all like having attention paid to us. 
and and you know there's nothing there's nothing more important than connecting with somebody and i think that's what your whole program does it connects people on so many different levels that we take for granted when we're well and i i just think it's absolutely absolutely fantastic so Thank you so much for being part of our show and and um, sharing part of your story with us. Is there uh, you know is there one thing um, that stands out, one story, uh, Lakoshan, that you would like to share, other the, than the story that really call, that's stood out? The, yeah, the the one that really stood out to me um, was a resident there at Westchester. I really don't want to say his name, but this resident um, was a singer and he has passed on since then but um, he brought the best out of me more so than I'm bringing the best out of him every time I would ask him to sing a song or every time I'd ask him to come in to do exercise with me it's whatever you want to do like let's go do it and I found myself getting more and more involved with them and loving them more as a family member versus being a worker there at the um, nursing home to help them. So we wound up becoming more of a family team out of all the residents there. I mean, I still love them just like they are my regular family. And I have to catch myself sometimes because certain people will come in and say certain things and I'm overprotective of them. And that thing that they say will be positive, but yet and still I'm overprotective because I don't want them to get the wrong impression of what someone may say. So I love them, and I'm crazy about Westchester's uh, nursing facility over there anyway. And that would always be my first home if I ever decide to go back into uh, the, the the field of um, nursing or anything like that. I think I would much rather be at, Westchester Nursing Facility up under the direction of Michelle Mason. Oh, what what a wonderful compliment. I mean, that just speaks to the heart. And I love, you know, what you said about, you know, this is this is more than just volunteering. This is this is building friendships and really almost a family bond between mm-hmm. people. How cool is that? Well, very That's wonderful. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for what you do, and not only by the residents and the family and, and Michelle and her team is it appreciated, but people like me um, who just see the need for change out there, and we we can't do this stuff alone. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for all you are doing because it, it's making a huge, huge impact. Um, Michelle, you. who would you like to call in next? I would like to call in Ms. Rhea Henderson from Art School of Performing Arts. And just kind of before we, you know, call her in, Rhea is the owner of actually um, a dance school where they have jazz, they have ballroom dancing, they have tap, they have everything. And so I remember um, the day when I said, you know, music and dance is almost kind of like a universal language. And when I talked to Ms. Henderson, I said, you know what? I said, I would like for you to have one of your instructors to come in and to teach um, ballroom dancing. And I even mentioned, remember mentioning to the administrator at that time, and she said, Michelle, she says, you're scaring me. I said, oh, no, but it'll be okay. Watch, you'll see. And so Ms. Henderson sent in one of her instructors to 
um, teach ballroom dancing, they first started off with doing um, a presentation, which was just phenomenal to all the residents. And in its amazement, there were residents that actually began to stand up from their wheelchair. I thought it was actually going to be my last day of work because I was like, oh, my God, you know, um, start standing up from their wheelchair. And even though it was some of them that could not, you know, move their legs, just going through that motion, that I mean, they felt alive. There even were residents that raised their hands to even turn and to help to do the spin for the individual that was doing the ballroom dancing. So it was something beautiful to see. And for me, it let me know that there's no limit to what they could do. It's, it's, I, I, I place no limitations on them at all. And so I just want to thank actually Ms. Henderson for being a part of the, the team to do that. Rhea, are you there? Yes, I'm Rhea? here, Michelle. How are you? I'm good. How are you this morning? Good, good. Now, Rhea, can you tell us a little bit again on how did you get pulled into all of this? How did Michelle approach you on being part of her team? Well, much like the celebrity stylist that just spoke, Michelle has such a warm and a positive energy. You're drawn to her, my first conversation. And she actually um, has a daughter who was taking classes at the RH School of Performing Arts, which is a school that I actually own. And she talked to me about um, the program and that she was working um, at the time at Westchester and was interested in bringing in ballroom dancing for the residents. And so she's right. My initial fear was, okay, these are not young children, which I usually am used to working with 3- to 18-year-olds. And so I want to make sure that we're equipped with all the things we need to make sure that we do the best from there, um, I spoke to my ballroom teacher and started to do some research about Mitchell and was prepared to really um, do a good job. And much to my amazement, when my instructor got there, he could barely get in the car good before he was calling me and saying, oh, my God, Rhea, that was such an amazing experience. I have to go back there. And and so, you know, what's wonderful is to hear and see people um, embrace and encounter or interact with um, with residents who have Alzheimer's or potentially a potential Alzheimer's or dementia and how much they actually feed our spirits. We go in thinking uh-huh. we're giving them something, but we leave, no, we leave having had our own spirits fed. And, you know, what we learned through that research and working with these amazing folks is that um, a lot of times dancing is the physical activity, the only physical activity that benefits the brain. And um, and it's something that a lot of folks don't realize because they're just used to doing it. It's a common everyday. You go to dance class once a week and that's it. But this is one of the only physical activities that benefits the brain, which is super important to keep in front of you throughout your life. Um, dance movements produce a constant and very beneficial challenge to the brain. So it's forcing the brain to think and move and feel and act. And a lot of times when you are um, in rehabilitation centers, you're sedentary. And so your brain isn't doing a lot of functioning. And dancing will get that motivation going. Um, 
I think the ballroom dancing was a great selection because we, we, you know, we have other things that we offer. We offer modern ballet. We offer jazz. We offer tap. But ballroom was something we zeroed in on because we felt like it would be something that the residents could relate to, something that they could remember, um, having done themselves, and bringing back great memories to people is always great food for the brain as well. So, I mean, we actually um, have had the, the privilege of going in more than one time and working with the residents, and we even made some impressions on some of the residents' parents or children. Um, I'm sorry, some of the residents' children and their grandchildren who may have come to visit them on a the day that we were there, and they expressed how awesome it was to see this kind of energy and connection between uh, my ballroom instructor and their their loved one. And so that brings more energy to the family member, which then reflects back onto the resident. So the love is coming from so many different directions when you are able to put someone in a position like a ballroom dance instructor or a celebrity hairstylist or a celebrity makeup artist to bring that energy to them. It just starts coming trip, uh, double and triple fold. And so having the ballroom dancer there was something that we definitely, definitely will continue to do for Michelle in her, in her program and are just proud and excited to have been a part of something so powerful with Westchester. Oh, Rhea, that is it's just beautiful. I just I love these stories and I know each one of your team members is gonna be telling a similar story of how we can use our time and talent to not only give but what we what we get in return. And so many times we forget when we volunteer our time how much we get back. And and I know for me personally, I always feel I get tenfold back from anything that I give out. And and I think so many times in this busy, busy state of life that we're in, people forget um, that they need to be filled back up. And volunteering can really do that when you see what a difference you can make in somebody else's life. Because it, it really, I would imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, Rhea, but resonates that your purpose in life, what you bring, your dance, your music, um, your soul, um, enlightens and refreshes somebody before you. And that's got to just be such a thrill. You're absolutely right, and you're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Um, well, I, I again, I thank you so much for being part of Michelle's program. Michelle, did you want to add anything else into what I we have done? No, I mean, um, I, I'm a witness to it, and I just, I thank her and actually uh, appreciate her for her contribution to enhancing the quality of life of these residents and just being open-minded enough to say, you know what, I, you know, I, I trust you. I'll come in and I'll see what happened, and then, you know, they were able to experience. And so mm-hmm. I just want to tell her thank you, and I appreciate her for being a part of the team and just um, just bringing life to them. Oh, wonderful. So nice. Who would you like to call in next, Michelle, on your team? I would like to call in Miss Carol Keneally, who is our uh, licensed massage therapist, who is very phenomenal in what she does. And just in sharing something quick about her, this is what sticks with me all the time, and I, I tell people this story all the time, but there was um, a resident that has um, that is no longer with us, but 
and I'm sure Kiel can remember, um, she was pretty much one of the one-to-ones, and we have to we used to have to go to the room, and I said, no, I have to get her out and uh, get her involved because I'm very much against, you know, the separation of individuals that have uh, Alzheimer's disease from just the general population because I think that they need to uh, understand and work together. So she was blind um, as well as diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease, and so she came in for a massage. And I'll never forget these words. They're with me all the time. And she said, I can't see, but this must be heaven. Oh. Yes. Just from that simple touch and that experience, you know, that she had with other people. And at that time, there's no diagnosis, there's no difference in anybody. We all spoke the same language. And that gave her the moment. And from that day, she was there for that massage all the time until she couldn't come anymore because she's no longer with us. So, Carol, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Can you hear me? Carol, Carol, now you were one of the original people that started this. Now, how many of there were you when you first started this, Michelle? What was your original crew? When we first started um, the Soul Purpose Program, which was, you know, the spa day, I started off with Landis Johnson from Landis Cosmetics. I started with uh, Tyrone Watts from Tyrone's Photography and um, Carol Keneally, um, okay. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So there was so there was basically three services that you provided, and it has substantially grown um, from there. So that is that is very cool. Um, Carol, what intrigued you to get involved in the program? Well, um, I, I feel blessed about this because of the fact that my sister has been employed at Westchester for a number of years. And so when Michelle was looking for a massage therapist, my t- my sister was able to tell her, well, my sister does that. And so that's why uh, Michelle invited me to come over there. And uh, it's just been such a blessing for me to be a part of this program and to interact with all the individuals and to see how uh, just a simple thing like touch can enrich their lives and help them to be in the moment and help them to experience something that makes them feel alive. Mhm. Well, and it is it is absolutely critical. Um I know I had an experience with my own mother um in terms of massage and touch and it really made me realize kind of how important our multisensory connections are because I was just, I take a little bottle of lotion in to meet my mom, and I was rubbing her arms and her legs, and then I said, do you want me to do your shoulders, you know, and she was in her wheelchair, and she said, yeah, and I got up off the floor, I was doing her feet or something, and and I, you know, got behind her, and I put the lotion in my hands, and I warmed it up, and then I touched her shoulders, and she just screamed, because she forgot who I was in that in that moment, and it made me realize that a true professional massage therapist, one of the things that it's so critical with you guys is you always have one hand on a person, even if you're getting more lotion or whatever, because we lose that contact. 
and you know it changes it changes the whole mode. Can you talk about that a little bit more um, in detail? Um, because I, I think that that's just such an important piece with all of this in terms of getting people comfortable and keeping them feeling safe because you know their memories aren't the best and with someone with memory loss it just takes a nanosecond for them to get disconnected and so the importance of the touch um, is so critical what what have you found in terms of touch with with the people you're working with well, one of the things they taught us in school was that memories are locked up in our body, and so when you touch certain places, you'll bring back certain memories, and so you can pretty much expect any kind of response. And uh, one of the gentlemen that um, he doesn't always remember to come for spa day, but when he does, he really enjoys his massage, and it always brings back the memory of when he was in the service and he was stationed in Japan. And he says, oh, I got a massage when I was in the service. And so he's always got a story to tell me while I'm giving him his massage about memories that this experience is bringing back for him. Oh, isn't that interesting? Isn't you know, and I've and I've heard that you know our our memories are locked in our bodies, and and I do believe that. I didn't used to, you know. I used to think that that was kind of a foo foo thing, but I, you know, the older I get and the more I explore, you know, alternative and holistic things, I think it is really true um, that you know, touch or sound or smell, it's all attached to emotions, um, and emotions hold our memories. Um, anyways, that's my my belief there. What is one of the? Um, can you share with us maybe another story of um, of an experience? Maybe that's one of your favorites um, in dealing either with a family member or someone with with Alzheimer's disease in terms of their reaction or their comment to your service. Um, there's one lady there at Westchester that, you know, she doesn't remember the previous experience, so I have to talk her into, well, you know, you, you enjoy massage. And she says, no, I don't want, you know, she wasn't interested. She wanted to go back to her room. So we had to coax her and and get her to stay to receive her massage before she went. And it was such um, an enjoyable experience for her. And it's like, well, you know, she keeps forgetting how much she enjoyed it the previous time. So there were several times we had to just coax her to stay for her massage because uh, she didn't remember that she had ever had one before. But then she mm-hmm. enjoyed it so much once, once you know, we got started. Carol, do you remember that the 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 first time actually when we started it was it was so funny I still laugh about it but she had the um majority of our residents receive their massages in, in, in their chairs but she had the okay. table cuz we make it available because the family members and friends and everybody are able to share in this experience too well, I heard this sound from across the room. I remember hearing something go, hoo-hoo, like that. And so I was like, what is that? And so, like, you know, this maternal instinct, I turn around, and here's this resident on the top of the table. And I was like, oh, my God, how did you get there? And he was like, what? And we call him Jimmy Jam. That's his nickname. He was like, what? Uh-huh. And I was like, you're supposed to be in your chair. And he says, why? I can walk. I like it this way, and it was just so <laughs> funny. And so I had to go around, and I had to ask, you know, all the nurses, because I was like, oh, this is going to be our last day of spa day. I was so afraid. I was like, 
he got out of his chair because he wanted to be on the <laughs> table for this massage. It was so, but it was uh, it, it was such again another uh, phenomenal moment that was just so funny. Carol, do you remember that? Yes, I do. I was concerned <laughs> the fact that I wasn't familiar with who stays in their chair and who gets on the table. <laughs> right. Ask each individual. And so he preferred to be on the table, so I just let him get up on the table. I wasn't realizing that he doesn't get out of his chair. <laughs> and it was so easy for him to get out of his chair and onto my table. I was amazed that he wasn't supposed to get out of his chair. And he was, he was uh, so in the moment that he even knew, he remembered, oh, no, you don't get a massage in your chair. And and he looked at me as if, I was like, well, you know, what do you, he says, what? Like, you know, I was just so stupid, like, what? This, I'm, I'm doing this, this is the right way to do it, I'm supposed to be, and he says, I like it like this. I said, oh, my God, but he, I mean, he enjoyed that day, and so it's so amazing to see every moment is a different moment, every day is a different day, and again, I go back to, you know, just educating people on the fact that there's no limits to them. You you don't know what they're going to say, what they're going to do, but when it happens, it's something that you can embrace in your heart and it sticks with you for a long time. Yeah, my my mom one other time also on another story was giving her just a little massage. And, again, I now just carry a little bottle of lotion in my purse. And if I massage her hands or her shoulders or whatever it is, it doesn't make any difference. But as a daughter, it gives me something to do to connect because she really doesn't talk and she can't move and she can't hug and all of those things. And so it's just it's a nice thing um, that it's taught me. But one day I was massaging her shoulders. This was so funny. My niece was doing her feet. And my mom started moaning like she was just having great sex. And we were in we were in kind of the, the living room area, um, you know, just doing this massage things. And people started walking down the halls because my mom was just kind of moaning in pleasure. She was just she was just so ecstatic that it felt so good. And again, we forget the importance of touch and how a simple thing like massaging somebody's hands or shoulders or whatever can just make them at peace and um, and give them pleasure. And, and it gave, you know, the rest of us all a pretty good chuckle um, in the meantime, and not that we were laughing at her, but, it, again, it, it just made it pronounced how much that is missed and that we just take that for granted with that. Um, anything else you want to add? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Uh, they always have something to say, like, oh, how good that feels and um, how I'm so relaxed now I could go to sleep or um, I've been told that I have magic fingers. Uh, one lady said that my hands were anointed. And, you know, they <laughs> always have such wonderful comments to make and you know how much they're enjoying it by what they're saying. Well, and you just think of how much we enjoy it. You know, and that doesn't change. They still can take all of that in. They might not be able to communicate things um, as articulately, and, and every person may not be able to say thank you or how they're feeling, but you're still doing the work and providing the care. And, and you know, and it really doesn't need a comment. It's nice when it comes. Um, but, you know, it, you're not doing it for the thank you portion of it. But it is. It's very healing. I mean, everybody loves to be 
be touched, you know, in a, in a good way. So, again, I thank you for all you're doing and, and volunteering your time. It's just, uh, it's phenomenal. Um, I just, I'm just so excited about your team, Michelle. I just can't believe the, the time and the energy and the people that you have uh, have with you. Who would you like to call in next, Michelle? I would like to call in Mr. Ray uh, Silkman. He's our saxophonist, so that's a part of um, the program where the residents can enjoy going to the different stations to have services received and then listen to some beautiful, awesome music, which is also a universal language. Everybody understands it. Everybody talks to each other about it. Everybody sings along with each other. So, Ray, are you there? Yes, good morning. Good morning, Ray. Hi, Ray. Good morning. Now, Ray, you are just kind yes. of a little renowned um, saxophonist and jazz man. What what enticed you to become part of this program? Well, actually, uh, I was doing a performance here in Chicago, and Michelle approached me, and she gave me a card, and she told me, she said, I'd like to bring you in on this uh, service that I do. And I was like, okay. So uh, she called me up, and she asked me to come out and be a part of the Soul Purpose program and I got to admit, when I got there, I didn't know what to expect. But when I started to play and I saw the response from the residents there, I was uh, I was moved myself because they responded just like any other audience that would be listening to music. They appreciated, they applauded, they started singing, they started moving in their chairs, and it was an awesome experience from the oh, beginning. Oh, very, very cool. Is there one resident that sticks out in your mind that has really um, <clears throat> really responded to your program? Well, I don't know them all by name, but I do know that there's this one young lady who comes in, and sometimes, if I'm not mistaken, her, her chair is, is lifted. As she, it's almost like she's on a, a bed, but she actually moves around. She jumps up and down in her chair and she gets her legs <laughs> up and she's just going for it when I'm playing the music. And then there's another resident who actually a uh, resident who actually comes in and starts singing. I and mean, she's like a mezzo soprano and I thought I was like, she must sing opera when she was younger. But uh she would come in and she'd start singing along with the music and I'd be like, Oh my goodness And then there's Chester who would applaud you know, he'd sit there and he'd clap, he'd start clapping and he'd start singing along with the songs. And um I in my uh, experience. I have done this in certain. I've done this in Florida. I've done this in California. I've done this in some other um, places, and I've never seen that kind of response. And one thing that I did witness was the connection that Michelle has with the residents. And um, I heard like Rashawn talk about the fact that it seemed like family. And when I go there, I see that they treat her and she treats them just like family. I mean, they their their spirits are lifted when she walks into the room. They interact with her, and I think they've come to to know her and receive her on a level that uh, that has been phenomenal from my experience. Because um, to make that kind of connection with someone who is dealing with dementia or Alzheimer's or you know losing their their memory and still have that connection with another person, I think that that happens on a spiritual level. And all of the team members that uh, have been a part of the program and working with uh, the residents work on a spiritual level. All of the senses that you just talked about, the sense of touch, the sense of hearing, the sight, all of those things are on a spiritual level. And I think that that's when you really start to make an impact, when you work with people on a spiritual level. And there's no doubt 
that music is spiritual. So I really enjoy uh, performing for them, and I enjoy seeing the responses that I get and uh, knowing that there's a connection being made. And it gives them hope, you know. They have hope to get up another day and look forward to the program that Michelle is providing for them. Oh, I think it's wonderful. Michelle, do you guys ever do any videotaping? I know that they have to be careful with HIPAA and stuff, um, but the reason I ask is, you know, I've done a lot of little music videos with my mom, and, you know, nothing fancy from uh, a friend coming and singing to uh, another friend coming with her guitar and singing, and even my mom in her end stages who, you know, can no longer hug me, can't really um, coordinate her arm movement and stuff. I mean, she just lights up. And, you know, her eyes open. She gets this huge smile. She tries to sing the song, you know, remember the words. And earlier on, she could. Now, not so much. Um, but her, her toes start tapping. Her fingers start going. And, I mean, she and she giggles. And she's just so thrilled and I've put those on my YouTube channel and I mean some of these have gotten over like 6,000 hits and people are using them just to kind of spread the word of the power of music and again I don't know if you've done any videotaping um, or not but I would really encourage you to see if you could get um, approval for that Um, and you know do a little YouTube channel on your program because the power of everything that is taking place is amazing, but I think people understand it more when they can actually see it. I use it all the time in my training, and I would be more than glad to help push push your program out and let people physically be able to see um, if you can get that approval. And again, maybe you already have done that. Um, do you have any video, Michelle? No, not yet, but I, I am in absolute agreement with you that that would be phenomenal for people to be able to see and to share in that um, experience and how just, you know, you can just elicit the spirit just through the simplest thing. So I'll, that's something that I'm going to work on, trust me. Okay, great. If you, um, like I said, on my Alzheimer Speaks YouTube channel, you know, if you need some help, just have them go there and look at some of them because the the music therapists love it, um, and other homes and stuff are using it. And then just for family members realizing that the TV doesn't always have to be on and that the news can get scary, um, but again, mm-hmm. that music can just attach such an emotion to a certain time in their life and bring them such great joy. Plus, it's one of the last phases of the brain, um, you know, to get affected by this disease. So it holds on for a long time. Um, There's a company, I don't know if you're familiar with them, called Coral Health, C-O-R-O Health, and they actually do what's called music prescriptions. And they have found that they can change people's behavior through music. So they can help wake them up in the morning by having a slow, calm beat of maybe their favorite song and then it gradually, you know, gets stronger um, so that they're they're woken up subtly. Or it can go in reverse to put them to sleep. They can have music to get them in a better mood or to help them eat. Um, all different types of things. And so the power of music, I think, is so underestimated and it's just taken for granted. And we really need to get these simple things that we do 
on a daily basis, you know, we need to get these formulated into the dementia care routine and structure um, because it's it's amazing. It, it always reminds me of the movie Cocoon when I when I hear the music going and I see the reaction um, to people respond to music being played, be it live um, or be it a recording. I mean, it's like they jumped into the the pool and cocoon and they just they come alive. It just rejuvenates the spirit. And so I, I Ray, I can't thank you enough for taking your time and in doing this because it. it is very powerful and it just soothes the soul. So thank you so much. Is there no anything problem. more? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Ray. Go ahead. No, I was just saying that it's no problem. And like you said before, you know, we're the ones who are actually the recipients of, of all the blessings because it is a gift to be able to give. And when you do it from your heart, what comes from the heart touches the heart. And everyone that I've encountered, everybody on the team um, that I know of, give from the heart. And that's what makes the difference in the lives of the residents because they feel it. They actually feel the love coming from, emanating from the touch of the massage, from the hairstylist, the care that's taken from by Lacroixan, La- La- um, the, from the music. Everybody that's involved in, on the team does it from the heart. And that's what keeps these residents just feeling really good and looking forward to the next program. So I think Michelle's doing a wonderful job, and I'm really proud and very blessed to be a part of it myself. Well, great. Well, thank you again. Michelle, did you have anything else you wanted to add? I just want to say thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you, because they they do. They, they, they love Ray, and what's amazing, they remember everybody in the Soul Purpose Program that's nurturing them. They remember them by name. And when they're not there, they're they're truly missed. And I know you're talking about who you're saying was in the in the jury chair, but for confidentiality reasons, we can't you know use names. But literally, this is someone who looked like they're springing up and down on a springboard when he begins <laughs> to play. It's amazing, isn't that right, Ray? It's like they're mm-hmm. just springing on this trampoline or something. And so it, it is so funny. So I just again um, want you to know just how much. I appreciate you to for you know just embracing these residents despite of I mean because they're just like you and I and so those things that we desire those things that we want they want that too. Yep, mm-hmm. my my mom one time I'll never forget she's a big uh, Frank Sinatra you know big bands mm-hmm. and stuff and she <clears throat> you know she's in her very young stages um, and so she says three words a day you know it's a good day. But she looks up a lot, and I personally believe that she's communicating, you know, with others who have passed. And the music came on one day. This has happened probably, I've seen it five or six times, and I've never been able to capture it on video, and it's like, ah, I would love to. But my mom, who really has no control over her body movement, I mean, if she goes Mm -hmm. to itch her nose, I mean, it can be almost a three-minute process for her hand to get up there and just kind of shake its way up. My mom has, on a few occasions, done a shimmy with her shoulders mm-hmm. that I just like. <laughs> I have never seen her. I've never seen her do that, and it's like I can't even do a shimmy like that. And she's so controlled, and she's looking up, and she's got this brilliant smile. And I personally, as a daughter, just choose to believe she's dancing with my dad, who's passed. Mm-hmm. And she's totally connected, and she's totally happy, 
And, it, you know, to me it's a miracle every time something like that happens, when there's that Absolutely. kind of connection. And mm-hmm. so, again, thank you so much, Ray, for all you're doing. Much, well, Ray, much before appreciated. You, before you go, mm-hmm. one other thing, Lori, I wanted to mention, too. Since <clears throat> the face is actually a long-term care is changing, and if they're starting to integrate more individuals from the baby boomers because it's, it's no longer that disease of 65 and older. You know, you're, right. you're starting to see people very younger. What we're also finding um, within our group, I mean, it's not just songs of yesteryear. I mean, they're singing Michael Jackson. They're listening mm-hmm. to in music and everything. I mean, you would be shocked if you, you, you came into the room. So it's just very interesting. And even those... Uh, participants that are 85 and older, they relate to not just those songs of yesteryear, but just even current every day. They they know the words to it now. They're singing. They have become that familiar through this repetition. And mm-hmm. so yeah. it, it's amazing. Have you guys seen the video on YouTube that went viral by the Clark um, Clark Retirement Community? I did. <laughs> that was amazing. If you haven't Google it because it's <laughs> wonderful. It's a Michael Bublé song, and they're uh-huh. having a ball. Um, yes. They're just having a ball with that. Um, and then there's another one, um, and I know I have it on my YouTube channel, <clears throat> so if people go to Alzheimer Speaks. Um, there's one where it's a <clears throat> an assisted living, and there's, I think, three or four gentlemen that do a dance to Michael Jackson's um, Thriller. And it's it's absolutely fabulous, and everybody is just having a great great time. So you're right, wow. music is is ageless, you know, and it absolutely. crosses the generations. And I like to just mention one last point is that you know from the beginning of our lives we are introduced to music, and it has a profound effect on us. I mean, it's been studied, it's been documented that you know music enhances the brain, it helps you to learn things, it helps you to go. I mean, everybody remembers when you were babies, you had the little the little pinwheel thing that went around and made music and stuff. Well, they tell us that we're we're twice a child and once a, a grown up, you know, because obviously when we're first here we have to learn things and then in the later stages of our lives then we kinda of revert back to those simplistic things and the simplest simplicity of music that actually triggers, like you talked about, triggers the brain and actually stimulates us is something that stays throughout our lives. And it's it's one of those things. It's a constant. And uh, I think it just it's really remarkable to make that connection that once they're, when, when we were younger, when we were babies, we were stimulated by the music and it stays all through our lives, that same constant of being able to be stimulated by it. And I think it, it adds a wonderful dimension to the program. So I'm really blessed and proud to be a musician. <laughs> well, thank you again, Ray, for all you're doing and keep up the great work. Um, Michelle, who would you like to call in next here? I would like to call in Shirley Felsky, who is one of our faithful, faithful volunteers who our participants have just um, connected with on the level that I can't even describe. Shirley, are you there? Yes, I am. Hey, Shirley. Good morning. Hi, Shirley. Thanks so much for for being part of us. Now, do you have a a family member um, that that lives at Westchester? How did you become involved? No. um, The church that I went to uh, was donating lap robes and and different items to uh, the nursing home. And I came there to deliver them, 
And one day I asked if they take volunteers, and they said yes. So a short time later, I came in and filled out some paperwork, and that was about two and a half years ago, and I've been there ever since, and I love it. I, I love all the people, like everyone's saying, they're like family. And when we lose one, it's very hard. Um, it gets harder because you get so close. And um, But I, I feel I get more, too, out of it than, than I give. And I do give my all. I, I just love them. Well, I think it's uh, wonderful that you're volunteering your time and and um, that you stepped up to the plate. I think a lot of times people, that thought crosses their mind, but they don't take action. And so thank you, Shirley, for, for taking action. Oh, you're action. very welcome. I, I enjoy being there, especially on spa day. We do their nails, and they just love having their nails done. And I enjoy doing it for them. Oh, that's wonderful. And again, that's another thing that, that family and friends can do, you know, with their loved one um, to engage. And so I think your whole spa day theme really, um, it, it goes, it can be used as a tool in terms of training people on how important it is to do the little things that matter on a on a one on one because it's it's not so much and this is my opinion and Michelle and Shirley correct me if I'm wrong it's not so much that um, about the task at hand but it's the delivery system and the connection that you're making with that person because that says you're important to me to spend the time to do what I'm doing with you. Well, when I walk in the door and as I walk down the hallway, I say hello to everyone I see and the ones that are sitting uh, near the nurse's station, wave to them and their faces just kind of light up and I'll walk over and shake their hand or put my hand on their shoulder and and say, how are you doing today? And it's a gorgeous day out, and they say, "Oh, it is the sun shining," and it's it's just a pleasure to be oh, there. Wonderful. Well, that's that's fantastic, um, Michelle. Can you tell us a little bit um, in terms of what all you have Shirley do, as far as her involvement? Oh my goodness, you cannot separate <laughs> Shirley from the staff. I mean, what is it that she she doesn't do? I mean, just like she said, from the simplest, which can make an individual's day, from just walking in the, in the door and saying, good morning, how are you, and making them smile. Shirley does one-to-ones. There's certain things that I can go to her and ask her about certain individuals that I don't know that she has a very intimate relationship with. And she, they look forward to her being there like clockwork on those days. Uh-huh. So she comes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And when she is not there, she is missed immensely. Uh, she takes, 
she she takes them outside, she serves them water. She every need that they have, she has nurtured that need. She helps to polish the nails in the spa day. She transports. She knows who's in what room. I mean, she she's she's a staff. She's a staff there. Uh-huh. She is definitely, what? or shall I say, not a staff, but she's a caregiver. She's a mm-hmm. she's a caregiver for our residents. And she's a, and she's just a friend. She's she's I, I know with those relationships. I mean, there just is, you know, to a resident there is no difference. You know, um, I, and I always use my mom as an example. But when she first moved into her the nursing home she's in, and she's been there ten years. Um, she would be taken for walks three and four times a day, you know, in the summertime because mm-hmm. my mom loved the outdoors. But to her, she wasn't being taken for a walk by staff because it was their job. She was going on a walk with friends, and that's how she would refer to it because that's how they made her feel, and I'm sure that's what Shirley is doing as well, as, long, as well as all of your other volunteers. It's It's this friendship. It's this connection. It's this sincere, honest love for one another um, and appreciation for each other. And that that you can't buy. And Shirley is always very eager to learn, aren't you, Shirley? She's always asking, well, what does that mean? And what does the dementia do? (laughs) um, Go ahead. I have uh, asked my my doctor to give me as much information as I could possibly get uh, to learn more about dementia and Alzheimer's. And thank God my family hasn't been struck with it. But I I just, uh, if ever it happened, I'd like to be prepared to. So, um, but I thoroughly believe that music is wonderful for them. And mm-hmm. dancing, uh, I have to tell you, this is a little side story. I'd go dancing on Friday nights to, like, American Legion Hall. There mm-hmm. are people there that are 95-plus, and they're still dancing. And I can see where music really is an important part of our life. And being social and being, um, well, it's just phenomenal. And I I think it's great that Ray does what he does because uh, it does mean a lot to our residents there. Wonderful. Well, thank you. (laughs) so much for all you do and taking time to join us today, Shirley. Anything else that you wanted to add, Michelle? Otherwise, we'll move on to the next person here. We'll move on. Shirley is family, so I'll see her, <laughs> I'll see her on Monday. But she's family. She's always with us, and she's she's very sincere and very genuine. And, again, I mean, just with everyone, I just just have to say just, just thank you. Wonderful. You're very welcome. Thanks again, Shirley. Okay, and I'm not really certain um, who else we have on, but I wanted to bring in one of my family members. Virginia, are you there listening? You know what? Virginia is, but I I put everybody on mute, so let me find her because I know she's she's here someplace in my... Here we go. (laughs) 
Okay, she's Miss Virginia, Virginia. Are you with us? Yes, yes, I am. Hi, Virginia. Hi, Michelle. <laughs> Virginia is very, very, very faithful. I, I, I mean, I love Virginia. Virginia is one of our family members who had a loved one at the facility that we're at, and um, he's no, he has passed. He's no longer with us, but he. Virginia still continues, and her husband, Dan, to return to where we are faithfully. So, but Virginia, I'm going to let you share your story, if you like, about your loved one, and just, you know, share with everybody why you continue to come and do what you do. Okay. Well, first of all, I've dealt with nursing homes for almost 20 years now. My dad was in a nursing home for 11 years, and he was uh, brain damaged. He had a stroke and was out of oxygen longer than he should have been, so he was considered brain dead. However, throughout his crisis, he still knew who I was. So being there for my dad every day in 11 years, I think I've missed one day. I made it my sole purpose to be there next to him to give him the love and care that I felt he deserved for all he did when he raised and brought me into the world. Um, The other one being my brother-in-law, who was at Westchester, uh, he was under a different circumstance. He was a diabetic, uh, fourth-stage diabetic. Uh, He had some past history problems, uh, which incurred more sickness for him, and he went to Westchester, and when we put him into Westchester, even though my dad was in a nursing home for 11 years at a different nursing home, I felt a complete different uh, compassion at Westchester. And I thank God every day for Michelle Mason because she was the one that encouraged me to keep talking to my brother-in-law, trying to get him to um, understand his problem. And also, Michelle made me understand what Alzheimer's was all about. Because when my brother-in-law went into the nursing home, I was not considering him to be an Alzheimer's patient. And Michelle enlightened me to the different stages of Alzheimer's, which he fit into the category and through her knowledge and her basic information, I got involved more with the nursing home with implicating my my thing of making people happy because one of the activities that Michelle has at the nursing home is bingo. And when I went in there the first day that my brother-in-law was admitted, I it was funny, they were doing bingo that day. And as I walked through the halls, I stepped into the room where they were playing bingo, the dining room, and there were just maybe eight, ten people playing bingo. And I looked around and I had said to one of the girls, what do you have for bingo prizes? And they said, well, we at this point don't have any bingo prizes because, of course, state doesn't allocate finances for these type of things. And this is where I became involved. I said, well, we can't have that. I will do all I can to make this an event for the nursing home to let these women and men who play bingo get bingo prizes. 
So I talked with Michelle, and she said that would be nice if you could do this. But, you know, today to, in the economy, the way it is, uh, it's hard to get these type of gifts for people. But my husband and I have been advocates, people who, because I dealt with this at the other nursing home, uh, we see the purpose of this. It brings enlightenment to the people to win a prize. So I made it my mission to talk to neighbors, talk to family people, uh, cousins, aunts, uncles, relatives, Hey, I need bingo prizes. My people need to win something because when they win a prize, those smiles on their face radiates a room. Look what I won. Look what I won. And they go and they tell everybody. Everybody's enlightened by their their uh, winnings. So I started doing that. And how I get it is <laughs> a long story, but I do solicit four prizes. And I have been very successful. I've met a lot of beautiful people along the way who have given me a lot of things. And as Michelle knows, when I come in, these people who play bingo, the men and women, they just are, what do we got? Are you bringing any prizes? Do you have anything? And when I tell them, yes, I brought three, four boxes of prizes, no one could believe until you see it that you just want to cry because they are so excited. They don't really get the opportunity to go shopping or buy things. So by them getting a gift from the outside is just remarkable. And Michelle has done such a great job in in advocating this. And we've tried to get even more people now involved into doing this. So the purpose for me to do this was seeing that each and every one of these people is my aunt, uncle, brother, sister, anybody down the line. Because what is life for if not to share? As Ray said, too, it is better to give than to receive. So that is my purpose of being involved with them. And my brother-in-law is no longer there, but I will never stop coming to Westchester as long as Michelle is our activity director. Oh, that is so sweet. Now, I again, I appreciate all you're doing. Now, how, who and, and how did you approach people to donate, and what types of things have you been able to bring in for prizes? Oh, um, my God. I want to give other She's, people ideas. She is well, an expert know, at this. <laughs> <laughs> she, well, she I... The, go ahead. You know, when you women, all of us have tendencies to like hand lotions and little bottles of colognes and little purses and stuff that that was a part of their life before. And when you don't have that opportunity to get in a car and go shopping to look for something, you know, to be able to pick up these things is great. And, yes, I do admit, and Michelle knows that a lot of this, I do spend a lot of my own money to do this. But, you know, I uh, unfortunately was not blessed to have any children. And uh, so I find everybody there to be my children. And I enjoy doing this. It became an obsession with me. I love every one of them. There is not one resident there that I could not care less for. They're beautiful people. And you got to remember that, you know, they led a life before. They did shop. They did buy things. And even a little purse to you or me may not mean something, but to them, wow, look, at I have a new purse. I can put my 
hanky in it, my change in it, or, you know, uh, little beanie babies. <clears throat> that has been a big thing uh, at the nursing home. It's when they win a beanie baby, <clears throat> they cuddle it and they hold it. It's like it's their little pet. There is one lady <clears throat> at the nursing home who, um, my voice is kind of raspy, <clears throat> excuse me, um, who we gave a beanie baby to, and she walks with it all the time in the hall. And I would ask her, is this your little baby? And she goes, oh, yes, and she just cuddles it. So uh, my prizes all stem from being either uh, stuffed animals to purses to colognes. And for men, I tried to find things that they could use, aftershave lotions and uh any type of grooming things for the men. Uh, I try to find card games for them. Um, wherever <clears throat> I can get into, I will get into. Well, Virginia, we, we all know, not just that, Lori, she goes, she is the master <laughs> of getting <laughs> things from people. Um, and it's not even just like the Beanie Babies and stuff like that. She she has in the facility from the donations that she has received from people can vary even from designer purses that our mm-hmm. residents receive, collector items like Lodro. I mean, you wouldn't imagine the things that she has been able to give to people. But the most important part of that in going out to get these items, and, and she and I have had this conversation about it, is that she has that opportunity to educate individuals mm-hmm. about the disease. And once she educates the individuals about the disease and, and who the donations are going to, what the real purpose of it is, they just do it in kindness of heart. So now it's just a, a continuum. And as she said with the facility, it's not that, you know, we can't um, provide. We can, however, I mean, she brings things in and it's just nonstop. The residents need for nothing. They don't need for anything. From blankets to everything, the lotions, not just lotions. I mean, we're talking about bath and body works, all those Mm -hmm. different things that she's able to retrieve and get into the facility. So I think once you actually really sit down with individuals and then she also shares her personal story, it opens up their heart and people just give to her. And I wish uh-huh. I could just find more, you know, individuals, even for other facilities that will just go out there and do that because people open up. And she has found that even though when she goes to the flea market, she said, well, you know what, I'm doing this for the facility and this is the case. These are the individuals that we're serving. We want to get these gifts for. They'll tell her, I'll tell you what, come back, right, Virginia, and I'll right. give you this. And people have just given things to her. So, um, I I really appreciate her for that what she does, but I appreciate the most important part of it is that she's educating. Oh, that well, is you know, wonderful. I I I do believe that you know involvement is the most important thing when you have someone in a nursing home. You need to really get involved with facilities, staff members, and everybody down the line. But you got to remember you're dealing with your staff members, you're dealing with uh, doctors, nurses, CNAs, and everybody down the line. But the individual themselves is the person that I had really clung to was that you look at some of these people, and just through my experience being down there, 
uh, you know, uh, they would come up to me and they'd say, oh, guess what I won? I won this. And it was one of the prizes that I would have brought in. And I'll say, well, now, isn't that beautiful? And, oh, they get so excited. So I do believe involvement in nursing homes is the major thing for families to get into. And I just wish that we could get a lot more people involved, not only in this facility, but in all facilities. You need to be there for these people. And they they cling to you. There's no way about it. They do cling to you. I, I agree with you, Virginia. And I think what you're doing in terms of your outreach and educating people is phenomenal because the world needs to recognize this disease. And we as individuals cannot treat it alone. You know, we have gotten, right. in my opinion, a way as a society, we, we think the government's going to fix this and they're going to take care of that and it's someone else's responsibility. Mm-hmm. And bottom line, it's it's our responsibility. We all have to step up to the plate and help one another out and we have to become connected again on a social level. And I think we've fallen so far off plate, but with People like Michelle and yourself and and her wonderful team, um, it shows collaboration works and that it gives to both sides of the plate in just huge, huge amounts. And even when you were talking about the types of gifts that you give, um, the Beanie Babies, you know, it gives a person a couple of things. One, it gives them purpose because if they believe it's a baby that they're taking care of, you know, it gives them purpose. But again, it gets back to the the textile and the touch can be so important, just like with sometimes people folding towels and things or the lotions um, and the perfumes and the aftershaves. You know, those are scents, again, that are all connecting on that sensory level. So again, Thank you so much for all you do. I I don't want to cut you short, but we've got a few other people here that we still need to pull in. So thank you so much, Virginia. Thank you. You're just a a blessing. Thank you. Um, Michelle, we've got, um, I think we still have Crystal and Deb and um, And we have Deborah. Dr. Leando. Yep. I would like to pull in real quick, um, real quickly, Deborah Gary. And she's um, she's actually the owner of Paint on Me Smiles, and so we all know that laughter heals the soul. Uh, Deborah, are you there? Nope, she's not yet. I'm just found her. There's a ton of people on the line, so she's okay. looking now. Deborah, are you with us? Yes, I am. Wonderful. Hi, Deborah. Thank Hi. you for joining us. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you got involved and, and what what you bring to the team? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, I uh, I know Michelle. She's a big supporter of other people. Um, just um, diddling on everything um, everyone else has said about her, her kind spirit, her positive energy. And that's what pulled me in. She she's a supporter, and I'm a I'm a face painter, face and body painter. And she asked me to come in on a friends and family day and paint the residents, maybe grandchildren, whoever may come that day. And mm-hmm. to this very day, I think it was a, a 
it was there was a trick to it. Not I didn't at the time, but now I knew <laughs> Michelle knew what she was doing because when I got there, there were no children there at all. And uh, I'm thinking, well, there's the kids. And um, she said, well, you know, no one came to visit, but why don't you come sit next to this this young lady? So she sat me next to a resident, and the resident was um, not the happiest resident at the time. Um, she had mentioned that she'd been waiting for her son to come visit her, and he didn't make it. So she was a little bit disappointed in that um, she missed his visit. And... Um, she didn't want to really talk, and I'm thinking, well, why did Michelle sit next to her if she didn't want to be bothered? And at this point, um, I hadn't had any, I hadn't had much experience working in a, um, in an extended uh, a care home or facility, <clears throat> but I do have I do have relatives and friends um, who are older, and so I just resorted back to how I treat them. And I treat them with love. And even in my business, I treat everyone with love and kindness. My motto is we paint smiles on faces. And as I um, looked that up uh, several years ago to make it my motto, I was looking for health reasons of smiling. And even on my flyer and my webpage, I mentioned some of the reasons in smiling but smiling makes us attractive, and, and people are drawn to smiles. They want to know what, what's so good to smile about. Smiling changes our mood, and um, a, a genuine smile, a genuine smile can trick the body into helping you change your mood. Uh, smiling relieves stress. Uh, smiling boosts your immune system. <clears throat> it's said to um, uh, release all kinds of uh, endorphins, natural painkillers, serotonin, and a uh, smile lifts the face. It makes your face look younger. You get a, just an automatic facelift. You, uh, smiling helps you stay positive. Um, if you try to think of something negative and, and try to smile while you're thinking, thinking of it, it's not the easiest thing to do. So it can, it may even, smiling may even banish depression, stress, or, or worry just by smiling. So... I sat next to this woman who wasn't smiling, and I smiled. And I smiled mm-hmm. as I applied paint to my face. <clears throat> well, this woman said, what are you doing there? And I said, uh, I'm painting my face. I'm a uh, face and body painter. Well, I learned in talking to this woman, and as she told her story, her whole attitude changed. It turns out she was a clown years ago with the um, Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus. Oh, I thought I struck gold. I'm like, oh my goodness, really? And I just wanted to hear all about it. And in 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 her telling me all about it, her remembering this time, uh, she completely forgot about her sadness. But she was going back and remembering and telling me stories of how they didn't have the fancy paint I had. They had um, a face cream, like an eczema or something. And she laughed. She laughed at the fact that when most women at night were putting face cream on their faces, she was taking it off her face because she had it on all day. And she said, that's why my skin is so beautiful now. She said, here, touch it. And she grabbed my hand and she made me touch her face. And I said, it is soft. And she talked about how uh, she would go into uh, the schools with a doctor when they would administer um, shots to children. They would go to the schools. 
uh, immunization shopping thing, and she would dress as a clown to entertain the children. And she went on and on, and I just I was so fascinated, and I just watched her mood change. And Michelle explained to me how this was therapeutic for her. Um, this changed her mood completely. Um, she smiled. She smiled. Oh, that's she felt wonderful. Better. I, I love what you said about all the things a smile does, you know, to our body chemistry and and just even to our curiosity of, you know, what are you so happy about? You know, because right. we all want to be happy, especially in this economy and, you know, with the downturn, um, people are amazed that people can be happy. And so I think it's just a gift that you that you bring um, to to the Soul Purpose Day. So I want to, again, thank you so much. I don't mean to cut you short, but there's still a few oh, more no, people that we want to pull in here. So um, thank you again um, for sharing your story and taking the time to just uh, be a wonderful person and uh, affect so many people's lives. Um, Michelle, now we, I think we still have Crystal and Dr. Dave, and there's probably some others, but let's we get to do. those two. We we have um, actually I would like to because uh, Miss Janine Ingram who is a motivational speaker and author and she started uh, the program the Vision Board with our residents. So Janine, are you there? Well, you know what? I don't have a phone number, so what I'm going to do is unmute a whole bunch of people because okay. she was one that I didn't have a number for. So Janine, are you there? Are you with us? Okay, let me unmute a few more. We'll find her here someplace <laughs> in this process. Let me try. Maybe she's. And J- Janine, Hi, are you I'm there? here. I'm here. Janine, I'm here. Here. I found you. Okay. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Okay, so Janine, you are a motivational speaker and author. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about what you do when you are with all the residents and and Michelle? Well, I wanted to tell you, when Michelle called me, I wasn't as enthusiastic as everybody else. Oh, Michelle Potter, because I was like, what am I going to do that to you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. And I said, I, I had to pray and meditate that night and, and really think about how I can make an impact in an environment that was not my platform. The closest uh-huh. platform I had, I, I worked in an environment uh, with Chicago Housing Authority, and I created a kid cafe, and we invited um, seniors to be volunteers. So each ca- each um, table had three children, and they had one senior to be their mentor. So when they came home from, uh, I mean, when they came in from school, they had somebody to talk to, make sure they were doing their homework, and create a, an environment like a home environment where they were sitting. In the, and these were in the development where there were no fathers hardly in the home and parents, you know, just low-income environment. That's the closest to seniors I had to deal with. So when she caught me, I was like, oh, what am I going to do? So I meditated on it, and I thought about how I taught my children because they said I, I was listening to Ray, and Ray was so correct. I heard that we were children twice and, and adults once. So I thought about my children. I have three phenomenal girls, and I thought about how I taught them, and, and I thought about the fact that the one thing that I think t- helps kids learn is to relax them first and because we learn more than just 
one or two senses. We actually use all our senses to learn. So I thought about yep. music and the healing therapy of music. And the interesting thing, I had just came back from Alexis Brothers Hospital where one of my friends had been in a bad car accident, and I was talking to a lady who used music to heal she uses music as a healing therapy. So if you ever go to Alexis Brothers, they use music, and you hear this jazz and really nice classical music going through the hospital. It's a beautiful hospital. So I thought about music, and I thought about, okay, visual, and, and I'm thinking, oh, man, I, I don't know if I could make an impact, but I prayed on it. So I went in. I said, okay, Michelle, I'm here. But the one thing about Michelle is that we circle, we travel in a circle of friends that we always support each other no matter what it is. You can call Michelle, you can call me, Rhea, Nicole Jones, Ray. We're all supportive of each other. So whatever each person does, whether we can, you know, know what we can do or not, when we get there, we're going to make it happen. And that's the kind of friendships we all have together. So with that being said, I got there and it was so amazing. It was really more amazing than I thought it was going to be. We, I put on some jazz. I started off with So Sexual by Ray Silkman and, um, because I understand that music touches a certain part of our brain, and, and I started seeing them being stimulated. So I, I guided them through a guided meditation and, and took them back to a fantasy place or whatever made them feel good. Let's talk about what made them feel good. And so when we came out of the meditation, it was so phenomenal because they remembered certain things that made them feel good in the stories was so great. Some of them were even sexual, and um, it was really, really amazing. So I pulled out the colors and the magazines, and we started to put our vision boards. Now, I didn't think they were going to really enjoy putting the magazines together and cutting and stuff. Oh, man, they were so excited when they got through putting together their vision boards. I mean, one guy had a beautiful lady on his vision board, and he had <laughs> a car that he always wanted to drive, and it was so amazing how, and one lady always wanted to be a chef, so she created all these wonderful dishes and put it on her vision board and cakes and just things that she always desired to do in her life, but she didn't. And I met one lady who was from uh, Louisiana who was a part of the Katrina who lost everything, and she had a restaurant down there. So she one day wanted to open back up a restaurant. So I asked her, why did you want to open up a restaurant? And she said, it was because it's, it's between meals when we connect to each other, when we break bread. And it, she remembers the love that she saw breaking between families or interacting between each other. And she remembers the meals that she used to cook for them and how people felt and how they enjoyed themselves when they ate. And so it was just such a fantastic thing. So I came away feeling so excited and so motivated. And it is a really really phenomenal feeling when you can give because then that's when you do receive. You really receive, and I receive so much love. People remember me when I walk in there, and it was so fantastic to be remembered because some of them have not had family members to come visit them. And I'm going to tell you, God has a way of orchestrating things in ways you never thought possible. My mom is about to be 80 years old, but she's starting to forget. And I thought, oh, my God. So, some of the skills and things that I learned being around Michelle and being in a in a community helped me now to transfer those skills with my mom. And it's really interesting. So I put the music on, and my mom loved jazz, and I start to, you know, document her stories now and take pictures of things. And I'm creating a collage of things so and putting them in books. And just so any stories she can remember, I'm writing them down so that when she – She's gone fully, that we can have this as a memory and help her bring forth that memory if I can. But it is so amazing how God orchestrates everything in your life in the unseen. I didn't know that one day this would come because you think, oh, this could never happen to me. But you never know what you're going to go through, and God always gives you what you need before you need it. He always prepares you, and I'm so prepared now 
for my mom and what's going to happen. I don't know if I'm fully prepared, but I, I have some hold on it from being around Michelle and Michelle, and she giving me information and sharing this community with me that I'm ready. And I'm always thinking every day, let me make sure that I give my mom some attention while she can still remember me. You know, because before you, you get so caught up in your life, you're like, oh, let me, you don't think about this. But I'm always aware to make sure, let me stop and see my mom. Let me call my mom and say, hey, beautiful, how are you? Uh, so I stop, I call, I make sure that I do things so while she still can remember who I am, we can still interact and I can still have full um, grasp of some things that I can remember so when she does, however life takes us on this journey, that I can still have memories of her remembering me and we spend time together. I, we listen to music together. I make sure that I'm smelling the roses, meaning that I'm in the now with her and I'm not on the phone. I'm not thinking of other things, but I'm fully present with her while I'm there with her because I know that oh. one day... Go ahead. That is that is wonderful, Janine. And I could tell you're a wonderful motivational speaker because I right now I want to move to Chicago and join the troops <laughs> over there. I like, find me a job and I'm out of I'm out of Minnesota and going to Illinois. Because <laughs> you guys are just doing some fabulous, fabulous work. Um I I need to cut you off though so that we can continue to, oh, to pull in some other people. But thank you so much for sharing your story, your time, and your talent, and, and making a difference in others' lives. Thank um, you, Janine. Thank you for making a difference. Thank you for having this. Thank you for doing what you do. You and Michelle <laughs> are the leaders in this, and you are taking forefront of, and bringing the awareness to our eyes because I promise you I did not have the awareness. I didn't. <laughs> so thank you, well, you are thank you. being a purpose. Great. Well, thank you, Janine. Um, Michelle, who would you like to pull in next? Um, okay, we're going to have to go quickly, too. Uh, Dr. Dave, is he still on? Dr. Dave is still there, and let me find him. i got to scroll through all the names here. Okay. okay. Dr. Dave, are you there? I'm here, sweetie. <laughs> Wonderful. How are you doing? Thanks for hanging in there Thanks. with us. We've got so many <laughs> people. You. Can you tell us a little bit about what it is you do? And go ahead and say your full name and, and stuff so people know what it is you're doing, too, because I didn't uh, do a proper introduction. There. Let me start off with uh, that um, he who walks with a wise counsel would be wise. We're definitely surrounded by wonderful, talented, talented people like the Soul Purpose team that uh, Michelle Mason uh, got us all together. And by all means, this is a panel of multiple talents, and I'm so uh, pleased to be part of this uh, a network, a media uh, intimate. This is my first experience, and I really enjoy each and all of us at this very moment. And, um, you know, just multiple talent, multiple knowledge that is always beyond a natural human reach. It is the gift of divine disclosure that we are very, very, very well put together at this very moment. Uh, my name is uh, Dr. David Luyando. I'm a chiropractic physician, 21 years here out of Chicago. I'm also a diplomat with, um, you know, um, uh, acupuncture, also with an emotional detoxification by using different points of acupuncture of the ears. I'm also an, uh, an instructor uh, for, um, for Qigong. Qigong meaning uh, discipline of uh, building up your energy and the respect of your body and certain movement integrating your body, mind, soul, spirit to really become more functional with wonderful expression. Um, I'm also uh, uh, certified with functional rehab, uh, getting people back in total, total 
uh, uh, functional rehab, like sitting, standing, reaching, pulling, carrying things. And this is what I do both in clinic and also at the outside uh, clinic uh, perspective. Okay. Um, are you and, uh, go ahead? Oh, go ahead. And with Michelle, how did you get how did you get enticed to join her team? Yeah, through a mutual friend, um, um, they pulled me in, wanted me to be part of this network and and Michelle attractiveness, uh, smile and the welcoming of her voice uh, really uh, pulled me in to be part of this uh, this team efforts, and and. I became part of it, and I was really pleased ever since. Um, as, as, as a person, yes. David, I was going to ask you just to share real quickly. What was your experience when you? I mean, how did you feel when you first came out to Westchester to do the Chicong with the residents? Well, you know what I mean. You know, when when you told me, listen, I, I need your talent. I need your person. Like your energy. Your person to come in and uh, integrate your services with uh, what you are are putting together. And it was a, uh, it was um, get going. Let's do it. Let's move with it. And my first uh, assignment was basically uh, introducing my Chigan experience, my Chigan um, um, instruction to the to the audience. And um, I had a good turnout, and it was incredible to see these uh, individuals. You're sucking in the information like a sponge. They really want the knowledge. They really want to participate, and they were very obedient. Uh, Michelle, they were able to do things that it was vivid, vibrant, and the way they are, they are changed their perspective from a being stuck in physiological perspective, meaning of misery, meaning of uh, distress, meaning of uh, overwhelmed with life circumstances. In that moment, I was able to disengage them from that natural daily uh, pattern into a better, vibrant uh, expression that may last whatever they are destined to embrace it. So it was a really wonderful experience. So with the Chagong, you did this through movement. What did the residents actually do with you? Well, you know, we were going. You know, it was Chagong is it's the grandfather of Tai Chi Chuan. We deal with a lot of breathing. We deal with a lot of corrective sitting. We deal with a lot of corrective standing, but slow motion, but very mental focus. Mental focus creates a tremendous mental acuity, which means men- mental sharpness. And what we, we were able to accomplish is this, this individual, my audience at, the, at this time, was able to focus and want to really show off their movement. They want to show off their expression. They were able to really, really fine-tune uh, their ability to maintain a mental focus through the whole assignment of, uh, I would say, like a good 90 minutes. And it was a lot of, a lot of participants. Everyone was part of it. And I, it was a, a, play, a, a great year to see this type of response. What I enjoyed the most, Dave, is you remember there was a, a phrase that they had to say after their, mo- their, their movements, and they remembered it. What, what was that statement again? Well, I, I don't quite remember, but I get a lot of good statements. <laughs> Right, so it's, it's like a meditation piece that you would give them, and they would say that statement after every uh, movement, and I was actually very, very amazed with that. Well, a lot of it, I, I teach them that they, they should be, check this out, they should always have a perception about a wonderful image, that you are a king, you are a queen. Act like it, behave like it, speak like it, and walk like a king and queen. 
and, and you you should see the response of these people just basically experiencing that moment that they are worthy beyond anything that they're able, uh, able to accomplish, especially have that perception that you are king and queens. Well, that's fantastic. And, you know, to have them participate for 90 minutes, I mean, a lot of people think you can't keep the in- the attention. But when you're connected on that level, it's, you know, it just happens. Um, so I think that that's wonderful and that they're picking up the, the repetitiveness and the calmness. And, again, it's just all about feeling in sync and feeling important. So thank you very, very much for joining us, Dr. Dave. I think yes. it's fantastic that you are also part of the team. I want to call and just um, see if we have a couple other People because we weren't able to really tell who all was on the line here because there were so many, so many of us today. I think Crystal but, should still be there. Okay, Crystal, let me see if I can find Crystal here. Here she is. Okay, Crystal, are you with us? Hi, yes, I am. Hi, Crystal. Thanks for Hi. thanks for being part of the show today. Now oh, thank you, you are an activities uh, assistant. Is that correct? So yes, I am. Yes, no, I she am. has graduated. She fell in I love did. with what she does, and she is now a activity director. Yes, I am. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank Good you going, so girl. much. Wonderful. Thank and, you. And what is your perception of the Soul Purpose Program? What have you gotten out of this program? Um, You know, I've gotten quite a bit. You know, I mean, just going off of a lot of things that – um, the team members have expressed and, and their personal experiences with it, I do feel that it is very, very, very special to these residents when it comes to um, things that they were used to doing before they came here. You know, it's like a quality of life. You know, things they used to do, they did their own hair, you know, or they went to a beauty shop or they got their nails done regularly. You know, these things that they feel, sometimes you have residents who feel that they can't do it anymore because of their age or because of um, lack lack of anything, lack of movement. So it actually, you know, gives them a sense of I can still do this. You know, I can still get these things done and I feel good and I look good and just because, you know, I have a bit of an illness or, you know, it doesn't make me less of a person, less of a woman or less of a man. So, I mean, I definitely, you know, I see that in them when they come. They're so excited. I mean, they're like clockwork every Wednesday or every Tuesday before Wednesday they'll see me and say, nails tomorrow, right? Or they'll see me in the morning and say, oh, we're getting our nails done and it's, uh, the hairstyle is coming, is, um, the makeup artist is coming, is massage therapist coming. So they're very excited when Wednesday comes up, you know, or before Wednesday comes up. They're really excited. And so that makes me feel really good because it's, it, even if they don't remember something that happened five minutes ago, they remember that, you know, I'm looking forward to this and I know that Wednesday's coming. So, yeah, it, it definitely definitely touches me, you know, to my heart, basically, being that I even work with them and have a relationship. And, like, playing off of um, what a lot of our team members said, you know, it's not necessarily my job. It's more of a these are my family members because I look at them as if this is my grandmother, this is my grandfather or great-grandmother or grandfather, et cetera. So, yeah, it definitely, you know, it definitely plays a, a good part to heart with me. Wonderful. I just, um, 
you know, I love what you said about just the, the connection of being family, you know, being one and letting people understand that they do, this does sink in, it's important. And, you know, with my mom, I, I would always be amazed that if she was really mad or really happy, those were the things that she would grab a hold and her mind would maintain. And it, and it always amazed me because other things would just kind of slip through but if you can create and you have created this sense of joy through this sole purpose program that gets people anticipating the next moment and still remembering yeah. the moment that they already experienced, I mean, that's phenomenal, Michelle, what you and mm-hmm. your team have done here. It's just, um, it's phenomenal. And I hope that many of our listeners are going to want to incorporate a program like yours or your program itself um, in their communities. I hope that families um, embrace even the individual aspects of this that they can engage with their family members as well. Um, I I want to just call out because there were a few other team members, and if they're online, I would love to be able to to pull them in. So thank you so much, Crystal. I'm going to go ahead and thank mute you, you and we'll see if we can pull in a couple of others. I don't know if Lisa Bauer, Landis, um, Johnson, Tyrone Waits, Rodney Wade, or if Linda Kerr are on the line. If you are, please raise your hand um, by pushing one on your telephone and we'll try to go ahead and pull you in quickly and I'll be able to see um, if anything pops up here. And it doesn't look like they were able to make it um, on the phone. But if you can just mention briefly um, each of them, Michelle, what does Lisa do? Just in a sentence or two because our time is clicking down. Okay. Well, well Lisa Bauer owns a company called uh, Body and Brains White in Westchester. And um, she is a she does she has a holistic program there too where she does yoga. So she comes into our facility. She's one of our simulatory programs, and she implements the yoga program at Westchester Health and Rehab. Okay, wonderful. And then how about Landis Johnson? Landis Johnson is our makeup artist for the stars, and we actually called him in to Westchester to provide the makeup services, and the residents have just, they have just embraced that. They look forward to having their their faces done, and he does this uh, little piece to it where he says um, it's called In the Mirror, and they do a before and after look and some of the statements that they make, wow, is that me? You know, I look beautiful, and he's 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 great with the residents with doing that. Oh, very cool. I like that before and after in getting a statement. That's that's very neat. How about Tyrone Watts? Tyrone Watts started off with us um, very um, early on in the initiative and implementing the piece where we wanted to preserve that moment. And it's all about living in the moment with the residents and with the family members being inclusive and their peers and just the fact that they would be able to take a picture with them instantly after that moment. So they had it with them all the time, and they looked forward to that. I mean, 
even in the morning time, well, I didn't get my picture, and I had to remind them that it was in their rooms, and, and they would go back. It was an opportunity for them to be able to reflect, just like if they looked in a memory book at children in the past, their family members or experiences and events they had. That was the whole purpose of implementing the instant photos. Um, in okay. addition to them being able to, because with, with Alzheimer's, a lot of statements that I've heard um, the residents make, they, they didn't feel beautiful anymore. And so the fact mm-hmm. that we could actually turn the table and allow them to look at themselves at that moment and say, hey, this is a phenomenal individual, this is a beautiful individual, this is you. That's what we wanted to give to them and have them to take that with them. Wonderful. And how about Rodney Wade? Rodney Wade um, introduced the importance of color. Just like um, with children in the past, and then they had um, the primary colors, how colors can be very stimulatory for certain individuals. And so through works of art, we were able to elicit responses from residents, they weren't um, afraid to put their hands in pain, and it was a tactile, and it was a touch, and it was the explanation through color. And also, during that artwork, it was able to tell a story. He um, he actually donated a piece for us for the National Alzheimer's Association, uh, which was called the Dream, um, to state that our residents still dream; they still have vision. And he did that with those colors, the favorite colors in which our residents loved and enjoyed. Oh, very neat. And then Linda um, Gurr, I think, was a family member, but I don't think she was able to make the call. Again, if any of these individuals are on the line, speak up and we'll pull you in. Um, but from what I'm seeing from the numbers here, it doesn't look like they're there. Um, now, did, did Linda participate actually in the program? She did. She's one of our family members that is very active, that is there all the time. Um, she encourages, actually, she encourages other family members to be very involved in the importance of being involved in this process where they could connect. Everybody speaks the same language with each other. They have a greater understanding of um, how the disease process works. They, at that time, share with each other different stories of what it's like going through the journey So it's very healing for them, too, as well. Wonderful. Well, great. This has just been a phenomenal show. Your team is just absolutely fabulous. Um, You had made um, a comment to me when we had talked, um, you know, offline about being able to expand this program into other facilities. And so the comment that I would like to make is if anybody listening to this show has contact with some media, if they would be willing to reach out and be collaborative and tell them about what Michelle is doing. I, I, this needs to get to me on TV. It needs to get in print. People need to know more of what you're doing, Michelle, and what your team has to offer and how you have gotten people to step up to the plate, volunteer their time and talent, um, in these economic times because so much of what I see when I go out training is people use the excuse that we don't have enough staff and we don't have enough money in the budget. And you are working around that. And um, that is fabulous. So, again, if people out there have some contacts, 
don't be shy. We can't do this alone. And Michelle could really use your help in spreading the word. Michelle, how would people get a hold of you? What's the best well, I've mode? Made, I've made my number very open, and it is 773-383-5553. They can also feel free to, if they wanted to model the program or obtain more information, to visit Westchester Health and Rehabilitation Center, which is located at 2901 uh, West uh, Wolf Road, and that's in Westchester, Illinois. Wonderful. And again, your number is 773-383-5553. That's correct. Great. Um, I also had to share with our, our listening audience, I had asked Michelle in our conversation, you know, how is she making a difference regarding dementia? And I just absolutely loved her response. And I think it pretty much was reiterated with all her team members as well. And she said, I'm not making a difference in the world of dementia. They are making a difference in me. And that just touched my heart so much. I'm getting teary-eyed right now because we don't have enough people like you, Michelle, and like your team out there. And we really need more people committed to making a difference. And, Lori, I can say um, I feel very, very whole from them. And just like um, Ray and Janine were sharing, it's very much of a spiritual connection. Uh, I think that things in life happen for a reason. Uh, Being an individual that, you know, has been diagnosed with multiple myeloma and I have physical challenges of my own, I know what it's like to have this huge umbrella of people around you and then once you're diagnosed with something, it's almost like that umbrella gets smaller and smaller. So I know what it's like to feel that sense of imprisonment, but how important it is to have people that are still around you, still love you, still embrace you, to let you know that you are still important and that I can see beyond the disease. I can see beyond the diagnosis. I I left work on Monday with a resident who, when I came in, and I wasn't feeling very well that day, and she said, come here, and I, I came over to her, and she reached out for my hand, and I gave her my hand, and she touched it. She says, oh, you're cold. And so she took my hand um, and put them in between both of hers, and she started to rub them. She um, gently lifted it up to her mouth, and she blew in her hand so that I could feel the warm sensation, just that touch, that love. And then she says, she says, now, she says, you feel better. You can go on with your day. And that just touched me. That was something that stayed with me. And so, again, um, it's about education. It's about knowing. It's about remembering that people are still human. Um, and despite everything, those needs and those desires that you have, they want those same t- things too as well. So it's a constant reminder for me. I'll never stop doing what I do. I thank God for the amazing team that I have, and not just for what they do, but just for the opportunity that they have given me to educate them so that they can educate others, and this can become like an epidemic of educating, especially in reaching um, communities that are at higher at risk 
and that don't even have that conversation. So I thank them for being a part of this whole Soul Purpose program because this this whole thing has made me whole as an individual. Wonderful. And Michelle and I have talked, because of the response that we've gotten, we are actually going to do a follow-up show on November 11th at 10 a.m., called Ignite Your Care Culture Vision, and it will be a follow-up program to this where her and I will um, try to talk and help brainstorm people's ideas of what they would like to see done and see if we can get a little bit more collaboration so it will really be a totally interactive show. So we want you to call in, talk about what your ideas are for change. Um, With that, I also want to remind you that our next show will be October 21st, and that will be uh, Let's Learn, and I'm going to have the George G. Glenner Alzheimer's Family Center on. After that, on the 27th, I'll have Dr. Gordon Atherley of the Family Caregivers Unite uh, radio show on at 1 p.m. And then on November 4th, I'm going to have Carol Brent and Amina Fuller on, and they are going to be talking about uh, Carolyn's book, um, Why Wait, The Baby Boomer's Guide to Preparing Emotionally, Financially, and Legally for a Parent's Death. And so, again, thank you all so much for calling in today and um, being part of the team. I want to give one last hurrah out, and if everybody online have unmuted you, if you'll just do one big thank you to Michelle on the count of three. One, two, three. Thank you. Thank you, so Thanks, much. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Have a great day, everybody. Bye you now. Too. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. 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 Well, hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.